0: You're listening to the Trace Church Rock Raymond podcast. Well, one thing that I know about this room this morning is that we are full of dreams and ideas. It's early in the year. Uh, I will not ask you how many of your resolutions have already gone by the wayside. Maybe you're not going to the gym seven days a week. Uh, maybe you haven't been eating like you had dreamed about or planned of. But we have a lot of vision at the new year. We have resolutions. We have goals. This is Merco. We accomplish stuff. We get excited for what is ahead, but it doesn't always end up that way. Some of you are even coming off of a break where you've had a lot of rest. I had a great break. It was restful sometimes, right? You get multiple families together in the same household, and sometimes it's just chaotic. But some of you are saying, I do not want to go back to the way that I was living last year or last month or last week or last season, And many of our days can end up something like this. You know, you start the day, and you're five minutes late, and then you realize you have to go back in the house, and you forgot something, and you come out, and there's your coffee, and it spills on your lap a little bit on the way in, and then you head to that first meeting, and you walk in late, and you apologize, and then you find yourself sort of apologizing all day long because you're five minutes late to the next thing, and then you have to drive across town and you didn't leave enough time, and you don't know where the directions were to the place, and you go, oh man, I don't know why my phone's not reloading right now. And then, oh yeah, there was that email that you were supposed to read heading into the meeting, and so I know you guys don't do this at all, but then maybe you walk into the bathroom and you scan through the emails a little bit. I'm not gonna ask who reads emails in the bathroom. And then you realize, oh man, I'm late to this next thing, but I was also supposed to accomplish something before this. Are you exhausted yet just hearing that? You end the day saying, I've been five minutes late all day long. There's no space in my day today. I wonder if how many of us are living each day with no space, I mean, we are blocked up next to everything else in our schedules. We have so many more plans than we can accomplish, and some of you live that way this week. Some of you have said, I've lived that way the last six months. Some of you have said, I have always lived that way, and I don't know how to live any other way. And, And there's this common critique of church that's often like, well, they never talk about anything that matters to my life. I know that's not true here at all, but I hear this a lot. Oh, in church, I don't know what they're talking about. It doesn't matter to my life. Today is not one of those days. What I'm talking about today of space in our lives matters to every single person here. We live in perhaps the busiest time ever in the history of the world. We actually thought years ago that there was this thing called technology that if it developed then we could actually work less. Why? I don't know why you guys are laughing. Like, this technology, it actually allows us to accomplish more so we can work less, right? And there will be more margin and space in our lives. Isn't that a great idea? And then something else happened, and we find ourselves working more than we need to, messing around online, on social media, wondering, why have I been scrolling for two hours? Again, I know you guys don't do that, just confession hour for me, okay? Uh, why am I doing this thing? Why did I commit to this meeting? Why am I so busy? And I hear the B word all the time, busy, busy, busy. If we can just fit more in my life, I'll be happier, I'll be fulfilled. I will be crushing it in 2020. And we got to be so careful because that's not how it works. Think about all the things that God designed with this need for space. Our bodies need time and space to recover. Our minds need space if we're going to dream and we're going to innovate. Relationships need space if we are going to learn to love somebody outside of ourselves. Our schedules need space. If you want to add anything new in this year or this season, you got to have space. Our hearts need space. If we are going to open ourselves up and be empathetic and be compassionate to anyone else. And God built space into the rhythms of the universe. Into the rhythms of day and night, into the rhythms of things that we're gonna talk about today in scripture. And Jesus lived a really wise life. And sometimes I think we, we see what Jesus did, but we often don't see the things he didn't do. What did Jesus say no to? How did Jesus have space in his life? And here's something that I know, guys, you can push as hard as you want all week long in your body. And in your mind, you can hustle hard with your body and with your mind, but the soul cannot hustle, as a friend of mine likes to say. Your soul cannot hustle. Eventually, it's going to catch up with us. There is a deep and gnawing sense of anxiety today in our culture. And I believe it's connected to the hurry we're living in life. And so if there's one thing that I want you to hear this morning as as we open up the scripture, if there's one thing that I want you to see in your own life is this, do I have space for God to do something special this year? I don't know anybody that when when I say, hey, uh, you're looking forward to this year, how do you want this year to be? We're in a new decade right now. Uh, I think just the same as the last decade. If I could just repeat the last 10 years, I'd be fine. I haven't met somebody that says that yet. I wanna do something new and something fresh. Well, we better have space if we're asking God to move in a fresh way. So as we kind of um, open up these scriptures today, I wanna kind of mark this and just say that none of this comes out of shame, none of this comes out of guilt, and I'm a fellow struggler. We are all wrestling for this thing called space. Now, we're a few weeks into the year, And I believe the best way to accomplish goals, the best way to grow, the best way to become the person God designed you to be is actually to create space. And I know that that's a really hard deal, but if God's going to move, then we need to create some space. Here's the principle we're going to talk about today is growth requires space. Growth requires space. You want to grow in your relationship with God? You want to grow physically in your body this year? You want to grow mentally? You want to grow relationally? You want to grow into the person God has designed you to be? Create space in your life. And space will never happen. you got to fight for it. you got to fight for space, right? When do you just end up having multiple days of free time going, this is magical. I wake up and there's just space. My kids are like, dad, we didn't want to leave you you know, or we wanted to leave you alone. We didn't want you, you know, to be lonely there in your room. Said no kid ever, right? I mean, there's. It feels like we are always fighting through the madness and the busyness and the noise to find one little quiet moment, space. So we're going to go through three different principles of this idea of space today. And I think there are three things throughout Scripture, but especially throughout Jesus's ministry, we need to pay attention to. And I'm going to define them for you. Because I think that's very important that we're working on the same definition. And the first principle is this, pruning. Pruning is a principle that's seen all throughout Scripture and all throughout the life of Jesus. And to give you a proper definition of this, pruning, it says to reduce, especially by eliminating superfluous matter. I love that. Do you have any superfluous matter in your life that you need to remove? I know that I do. The second definition, to cut off or cut back parts for better shape or more fruitful growth. Better shape or more fruitful growth. Now what's interesting is, so we don't live in agrarian society, as some of you may garden, and you realize you may throw a bunch of seeds in the garden. Not all of those seeds can grow if they don't have what? Space. An apple tree, eventually you're gonna have to lop some branches off, and cut off some of those good branches to get to the best branches so they can grow. What does Jesus say about this? I am the true grapevine, and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch of mine that doesn't produce fruit, and he prunes the branches that do bear fruit, so they will produce even more. You have already been pruned and purified by the message I have given you pruned and purified. Now what's interesting about both of those words is they involve taking something away. We are awful at that in Western culture, are we not? We love to add things. I'm going to do more. I didn't accomplish my goals last year, so I'm going to double them this year. I didn't do enough last year, and I was actually super exhausted. I was doing way too much, but man, maybe if I do more, it'll magically get better. How does that work? But pruning is this idea of taking away so something else can grow in its place. Who doesn't want to be more fruitful with this one life that you've been given? And those two words are not that fun. I don't like to prune, I don't know about you. I don't like to be purified. I don't like the impurities of my life to fall away so that I can get to the best stuff. But we have to leave space for growth. Guys, here's what's disorienting. As you get older and perhaps as you get more successful, we used to make decisions between what was good and what was bad. And many times we say it's pretty easy to recognize sin. Now many times we we still lean into it and and we still sort of bow in our flesh to that, but at least to recognize, okay, that's bad and this is good. But what I find is the older you get and the more success you experience, the decisions are between good and best. It's all good, literally. It's all good. And now, how do I decide? How do I discern? And truthfully, I don't know. If you don't have space, if you don't have some quiet in your life, if we're not being guided by the Father's voice, I don't know how we would decide and discern what things to do, because everything you could do is good. This app, and this meeting, and this project at work, and this batch of emails, and this other thing, oh yeah, and our families, oh yeah, and the relationships that we deeply love and care for. We need space if we're going to decide between good and best. So uh, my closet, and and imagine this as as kind of my makeshift closet this morning, Uh, my closet is fairly full and kind of stays that way. Uh, I won't ask how organized your closet is uh, this morning, but I like to keep it fairly organized. It's the first thing that I see each day and usually the last thing I see before I get in bed at night. Now, I may go out to the store and, and pick out a new shirt. So let's say I went out to the store and picked out this beauty right here and say, oh man, all right, I got a new shirt. Now, I have this practice that I've started saying for every new shirt that I buy, I'm gonna take one away. So it really better be good, right? Because I gotta go home and get rid of something else, otherwise my closet, I'm just gonna be stuffing it in there each night. And so if I pick up this shirt, then I'm just in the habit of taking the other one off and saying somebody at the thrift store will love to get this shirt, and then I have a bin. And I toss it into this bin in the garage, and there's now space for this beautiful shirt that I'm now going to inhabit. The reality is I don't need another shirt I didn't get that because, man, I'm freezing cold and and I just need one more shirt. I liked it. But the reality is, guys, in our lives, we keep adding to our lives, but we never take away. And it won't happen on accident. What in your life, maybe it's good, just not best, what in your life do you need to pull away? Do you need to, to take away from? And that simple analogy has helped me in life. Many times when somebody will say, hey, can you meet me here? Hey, can you commit to this? Actually, I can't commit to that. Or give me some time to think about that. How many times have we said yes to something good and then later we can't say yes to the best? Maybe our family is being crowded out. We're saying yes to the urgent things. Maybe it's every text that comes in. Maybe it's every person that wants to get a little bit of your time. And then we often find ourselves not being able to fit in the things that truly matter. All the time people will say something like, oh, man, I just don't have time to go read my Bible each day. I just don't have time to pray. Uh, but man, on less, this last Saturday, I was just binging on Netflix, and man, let me just tell you about the series. And you're like, okay, we actually don't have a time issue today. We have a priority issue. We don't have a time issue today. We have a priority issue. Guess what? Days are still 24 hours. I checked last week. It's crazy. Like, they're still 24 hours. They feel super short. They go by super fast these days. But it's really important for us guys to have space. I love this quote by by an incredible thinker and writer, Henry Cloud. He says, without the ability to end things, people stay stuck, never becoming who they were meant to be. If we do not eliminate things that were from the past, were from the last season, maybe even good things, then we cannot become the people that God designed us to be. You cannot become the person that God designed you to be. I cannot be the disciple, the father, the man, the husband that God designed me to be if I do not say this awful word. I'm sorry, they can bleep it out later on the tape. No. No. It's hard, isn't it, to be able to clear space. Guys, FOMO is real. Fear of missing out is real because I can pull out my phone and I can scroll and go, oh man, they're doing that? Oh, I'm in my Monday meeting and they're on the beach somewhere? Oh man, I want to be there, right? Also, more bad news. You can't be all places at all times. Somebody once said this, and I I absolutely love it, and it bothers me as well to the core because I often don't live this way. Somebody said, Jesus was never in a hurry. Jesus was never in a hurry. We'll come back to that in a minute. So what things in your life need to be pruned so other things can grow? What things in your life need to be pruned so other things can grow? So moving on from pruning, the next principle is Sabbath. Now, this is an interesting uh, thing today in our culture. And as I read the definition, some of you say, I've never done that. Others of you say, that's been a regular practice for me. And the definition of Sabbath is really interesting. I'm going to read two of them. The seventh day of the week observed from Friday evening to Saturday evening as the day of rest and worship for Jews and some Christians. That's an interesting word here, some, for Jews and some Christians. The next definition is simply this, a time of rest. It doesn't have to refer to the whole day, but a time of rest. Some of you say, that sounds really nice. Man, I I should probably lean into that. Now, we have these 10 commandments. What's interesting, it made Jesus' top 10, but we don't like to talk about it all the time. And we're like, man, super serious about the other nine. Those are a big deal. 10, I think it was one suggestion. I don't know that that was a commandment. That's kind of how how we treat it. But listen to this ancient text. This is from Exodus. And so going back to the Old Testament, really interesting uh, when the Sabbath is described here. Six days you shall labor and do all of your work. Labor and do all of your work. But the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work, neither you nor your son, your daughter, your male or female servant, nor your animals, nor any foreigner residing in your towns. For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth and the sea and all that's in them, but he rested on the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. So I don't know about you, but as a kid when I heard that, it was like, therefore the Lord blessed a day, so you shall dress up and go to church. That's kind of what I heard, right? And like occasionally I would get a donut there or whatever. I remember like as a little kid, you know, sleeping underneath chairs and and pews and and whatnot. and, And then I think, man, we've missed that a lot. Because what I see there is not a commandment to go attend, but is a gift to receive. Sabbath is a gift to receive. And it has sustained the Jewish people to this day. I've attended a Shabbat dinner If you've attended one, you you understand that there's so much life there and there's joy and they work all week long and prepare so that they can take this day off. And it's a chance for them to breathe, to laugh, to enjoy, and to have space. It has sustained them and many times we say, man, I am so exhausted, I don't have time to take a Sabbath. And I can just tell you from my own experience, when you feel that way, you need Sabbath right then when I feel like I don't have time to rest, what has happened that God gives a gift and he says, I want to give you space and I want to make it holy and I want to put that in your life as a gift and I can't even open one of the greatest gifts of God. Something is jacked up in here when I say that. And again, I know that you would never say anything like that. That's just me and my issue. And so I'm going to be vulnerable with you today. I don't want to stop and rest. And then the next morning as I'm sitting around the wood stove slowing down saying, why did I not want to stop and rest again? God gives a gift, but you got to open it up. That's how Sabbath works. A friend of mine says this, and it's incredibly convicting. He said the Sabbath is a narcissist's worst nightmare. A narcissist's worst nightmare. Because on the Sabbath, I have to realize that I have limits. That I can't do it all. On the Sabbath, I realize who I am and who I'm not and who God is. And God works when we rest. And God spins the world, it turns out, just fine on his finger and he doesn't need me. And and here's what's crazy, guys. Like this is what I absolutely hate about the Sabbath is that I will, at the end of a day or I've even been on a long sabbatical season and thought, man, people are really gonna miss me. I don't know if the world can actually spin without me. And then you come back and it was better When you came back, and that's what I really hate about it sometimes, is that suddenly I realize, oh, a lot of people perhaps are doing better without me. Maybe I was getting in the way of some things. Again, not your issue, just mine. Just trying to be transparent today. On the Sabbath, we realize the beauty of rest and we realize how tired we were. And God says, rest. Why did God rest on the seventh day? I can tell you this. I know why he didn't rest, God was not tired. That is not why God rested. God is modeling that to us. You see, rest and Sabbath, they give us this chance not to work for it, but to work from it. Don't work for rest, all week long exhausted and just you know, collapse into life, but begin to start the week on Sunday or Monday or whenever your week starts with a deep joy, with energy, That is why God built this beautiful space in. Are you taking the space for rest? Often people will say something like, well, what actually is a Sabbath? And we don't have time to to go into it in depth today, what that might look like, but let me just give you a principle. What is restorative for you on on Sabbath is different from what's restorative for me. My wife might choose to be at home and, and relax, and I might choose to go jump on my mountain bike or catch an adventure or be with friends. Are you an introvert or an extrovert? How drained are you? Maybe you have little kids in that season. Your Sabbath is gonna look very, very different than if you're an empty nester and um, you're going to have to fight for your Sabbath a little bit more. But find things that are restorative for your soul. Restorative for your soul. What's interesting, we don't think about this, but Jesus practiced Sabbath. He was a Jew. He practiced Sabbath. And what's also interesting is that the Pharisees, that was one of the things they had against him. He would heal on the Sabbath. He brought life on the Sabbath. And they were about the rules. And he's actually saying it's the principle behind it. He would bring life. And they were saying, no, you can't do that on the Sabbath. The other six days of the week, you can. And so this is certainly not about legalism. Somebody uh, said to me, actually, I get this quite a bit whenever I talk about Sabbath. Somebody say, well, you know, I'm not trying to be legalistic here, you know. And I understand the sentiment, but it's like, yeah, yeah, you wouldn't want to rest. You wouldn't want to enjoy good things. You know, you wouldn't want to slow down a little bit. And many times that can become an excuse. Certainly, we don't want to be a Pharisee, but many times I think we are so far on the other side that our lives are packed so full that we actually can't receive this gift that also happened to be a command to enjoy the Sabbath, to enjoy that. Sometimes the most spiritual thing you can do is take a nap let me just let that sink in. Sometimes the most spiritual thing you can do is take a nap because sometimes they think, I can't afford not to, or what's gonna happen in this? And if you have little kids, yes, the house may burn down in in that amount of time. I acknowledge that, okay? But it is worth taking a risk and saying, you know what? I, I can turn my phone on airplane mode. I cannot answer those emails right now. I could maybe pick up a book that's restorative to me. I could go do an activity. I could have a long, slow meal. Doesn't that sound good? Like just to sit for a little while? And I want to make sure we don't start our year, guys, in this I have to accomplish things for God. Let me stop there. God is saying, do not accomplish for me. I have accomplished everything I need to through Jesus. Now you get to live in that promise. Any relationship you are trying to do more to earn love is a dysfunctional relationship. God loves us and he gave us this gift called Sabbath. And now is the time we need to receive that more than ever, guys. We are drowning in anxiety, and we need rest. Our souls can't hustle. We need to slow down. The next thing I want to talk through is margin. This third principle is margin. And margin is defined as a spare amount or measure or degree allowed or given for contingencies or special situations. Do you have room in your life for contingencies? Many times I don't. I've stacked meeting to meeting, and I say, man, I'm five minutes behind. I do not have time for something else to come up. Here's one thing that I've noticed. My kids have given me the gift of noticing this, is that whenever I am too busy, every interruption makes me angry. Whenever I am too busy, every interruption makes me angry. We cannot have empathy if our lives are too full. You wanna have compassion on other people? Think about Jesus, like he was always looking with compassion and what's crazy about Jesus' life is that most of the ministry we see recorded in scripture in the gospels was in the interruptions. Jesus did the best ministry in the margins. He'd, He'd be walking somewhere, there'd be an interruption, there'd be a question there'd be a thought, there'd be somebody that gets in his way and wants a healing and he would do ministry in the midst of that. Do you do ministry in the midst of interruptions? I think we do anger in the midst of interruptions or I gotta go or I'll call you next week or text me later in the midst of that. That's convicting for me. is to see Jesus was a man on a mission. It's not like he didn't have anything better to do. He didn't just like wander around Galilee. He had 10% of his life, only 10% of his life, three precious years to do that, shorter than a college education. And Jesus was not in a hurry. He was going on purpose, living a life mission. We all need to have a mission for our lives. We are living the great commission. And yet, I want to just really frankly ask you, do you have space when God interrupts you? Do you have space when somebody else interrupts you? Do you have space when your kids interrupt you? Because some days I don't. And I am a recovering busyness addict. And I'm giving that up to the Lord saying, God, I don't have to accomplish more. I'm not trying to earn your love here. Embrace the interruptions. A friend of mine has reminded me for the last 10 or 12 years, embrace the interruptions, my friend. God is there in the midst of that and in the margins. And and it was in those margins that Jesus did incredible work and there were healings and he could speak life to people. And And he would answer questions with questions and invite them into a deeper wrestling There's this thing called compassion fatigue and we feel like in our culture today we're up to here with compassion. I don't know if I can hear of one more thing that that I can respond to, there's a lot to handle. It's an interesting time to be alive. And yet what I notice is my compassion fatigue goes up as my busyness goes up. And as my schedule goes down, I'm ready to be present and to listen. This morning my son woke up and, and I'd been away for a while and I heard something in the kitchen. And I went in the kitchen this morning and um, usually, you know, there's some kind of destruction happening when you have kids and you can hear noises. And I went, oh no, what's going on? And I walk out and he prepared breakfast and coffee for me. And he said, dad, welcome home. (laughs) It's in the margins we get to love people and we get to care for people. It's in those margins that unfortunately many times when we don't have them, we miss that opportunity We don't see what God's put right in front of our face, the opportunity to serve those and not to be served. And that was Jesus. And and even in that, he's saying there's an exception to the rule. He was a Sabbather, and yet when somebody needed healing on the Sabbath, he would restore, he would bring freedom, he would bring life. He's not saying, nope, there's this rule, come back tomorrow, take a number, get an appointment, shoot me a text. No, he's present with them in the moment, and he took heat for it. I think that Sabbath matters. And I think, guys, if we as God's people, and and if you call Jesus Lord especially, 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 we should be people marked by space, marked by the Sabbath, marked by not having to be busy all the time. Because we're not trying to earn love here. We already got it. We're not trying to earn identity here. We already got it. We're not trying to earn the fact that we're a daughter or son of God. We've already got it. It's intact. And we get to live out of that space. Jesus wasn't in a hurry. Why are we? And many times I can answer that question. I'm in a hurry because I've lost sight of the fact that I'm deeply loved by God already. That I don't need to do more to earn God's love. That's why I'm in a hurry. Why are you in such a hurry this year? You got a lot of goals. You got a lot of dreams. You got a lot of vision. But do you have space for God to show up in the midst of that? What, what really matters to you in this decade And if you haven't taken time, guys, it's not too late. It's not like, oh, first week of January is done. Can't have any fresh vision. Take some time and to get away. That's why I love things like retreats and getaways and vacation. Think about life without vacation. Think about life without a weekend. We would just be laboring and grinding down to the bone. So many people are burning out today and are crying out for rest. And let me just say this, guys, because I I think we need permission sometimes You have permission to rest. You have permission to breathe. God gave us and built this in to to the way that the earth was crafted, to the way that Jesus lived his life in ministry. And you have permission to rest. There's space in there. Remember these beautiful words. Come to me all who are weary. All who are weary and carry heavy burdens and I will give you rest. Guys, true rest comes from the Father, but he gives us tools. He gives us opportunities. He gives us things like Sabbath. He gives us things like the margins of life where many of the beautiful things happen. Think about the best things of 2019. I would guess many of them happened in the margins. It was an amazing dinner, a conversation with a friend, something that didn't produce any dollars. It didn't produce any output other than joy, and abundance and time together and the moment to say, ah, thank you, God. Thank you, God. You wanna grow? This year. Guys, growth requires space. Don't cram this year, this week, this day, this month, this season full. Ask God, what do you have for me in this? And we're gonna have to make some hard decisions. We're gonna have to have some no's if we get to the yeses. And so I just wanna leave you with a question this morning. How will you create space for God to do something special this year? I wanna see God break in in my life. I wanna see God break in in my family. I wanna see God break in in the people around me. I wanna experience new things. Scripture is always talking about new things. It's a new season. We are new creations. It is a new day. God is in the business of making all things new even when we rest, even when we take a break. And I just wanna remind you that God is making all things new before our eyes, but I don't want to miss it. I don't want you to miss it. we got to have space to breathe and to say thank you, God. And I, I want to pray right now. I want to pray over us, but I especially want to pray for those who are experiencing an anxiety and a stress and a pressure to just keep going. I'm a recovering busybody. And so I just, I wanna pray this to you over you today. And if you sense, man, this prayer is really, really for me. Maybe just put your, your hands out to kind of receive this prayer. May this be a year of rest that marks us as God's people. Let me pray. God, I thank you that you are not a father looking over our shoulder saying, you are not doing enough. You are not busy enough. You are not striving for more, you are a father that is built into the fabric of the universe, space, margin, rest, Sabbath. And I thank you that that you modeled that to us in the creation of the world. I thank you that Jesus modeled that to us in his life and in his ministry. And I want to pray especially for those who are experiencing, a deep anxiety right now or a shallow kind of gnawing anxiety that they say, I I am always busy and I am always stressed. God, I pray against the feeling that I need to be busy all the time and I need to earn and strive if I'm going to thrive. God, I pray that you would allow us space. Would you allow us the permission to say no? Would you give us a deep freedom that is to be the people you've designed us to be? Would you leave some space and help us create some space in our lives. God, may 2020 be marked by rest, and be marked by Sabbath, and be marked not just as people who work hard, but as people who play hard, as people who rest hard, as people who pray hard, as people who are in relationship with people, face to face, eyeball to eyeball. God, thank you that you are God of rest. Would you invite us into your rest in 2020? Amen.